Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday, it's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special Super Bowl week. Benny Souls is already in Glendale, Arizona. I'm Shiel Kapadia, ace producer Cliff Augustine with us. And we have a very special guest taking time out of her Sunday night, her busy schedule to join us. The legend Mina Kimes. Mina, where, do, where does this podcast rank on like the list of most important things uh, you need to do this week? <laughs> Top? Um. Th- it's pretty important. I mean, both of you have been frequent guests on my show, the Mini Kime show featuring Lenny. So I, I feel like right now the balance is tev- heavily tilted towards me. So I got to repay a little. You know what I'm having right now, Ben? And I wonder if you're having this, like when I listen to the Mina Kime show with Lenny, I think I have it on one and a half. And now Mina is talking and I feel like she's talking very slowly. <laughs> are, are you are you having this sensation as well? Sheil, you listen at one and a half. I listen on like two. I, everybody yeah, in the entire ridiculous. world is moving at half speed for me. It's a absolute. It's like that scene in Brooklyn Nine Nine where they all drink the coffee and then everybody else is moving too slow. It's It's damaging. It's not good for the way I interact with people. Brooklyn Nine Nine references for Ben Solo. This is gonna be this is gonna be a good uh, a good show. He's dropping pop culture references. All right, <laughs> the only ones I got. We're doing uh, Mina. We do a uh, a show on Thursday called the Thursday Ten. So this is gonna be what I'd like to call a Bobo version of the Thursday Ten. We might not get to. 10 questions. We're just going to get to a bunch of questions. Some are going to be Super Bowl related. Some are going to be nonsense related that we need your uh, takes on. So we're going to get to all of these. Uh, we'll just go 
one by one. And then Ben Solak will chime in off of your responses. So let's start with a football one. I know you have been prepping for the Super Bowl on like a Saturday afternoon. You're posting screen grabs of the Chiefs uh, screen game. So I know you were grinding the film this weekend. (laughs) But let's start on the other side of the ball. Very simple. What's most interesting to you when the Eagles have the ball? Matchup, personnel, anything? What's what's like high on your list of something something you're interested in? You know, I I just want to see how Jalen Hurts looks throwing the ball. I do not have any doubts that the Eagles will be able to move the ball on Kansas City, especially on the ground. I think they'll have success with the option game, the RPO game, all of that. But we are coming off of a game, uh, you know, where Jalen didn't have his best day airing it out. And part of me wonders how much of that is, you know, coming back from the injury, if that's affecting his throws at all. Because as you guys know, what makes this Eagles what's made this Eagles offense so punishing this year is the fact that if you do play cover one against them, he can punish you with those beautiful go balls down the sideline. But we have not seen those beautiful go balls down the sideline in a minute. So, you know, I'll be curious to see. I think we'll get a pretty good sense early on if he looks a little bit better throwing the ball. And if he does, I would be very worried as a Kansas City fan. Yeah, uh, on Bookmaker Review, uh, I think it was Scott Caxmore who wrote I'm not sure, but uh, on Bookmaker Review, they had a, a preview of the game. And one of the things that they brought up is that uh, according to Pro Football Reference and, and their passing charts, uh, Hertz has had five games this season in which he made a a bad throw at least 15% of the time, and all of them have been the last five games. Then week 14 against the Giants, Mm -hmm. week 15 against the Bears, week 18 against the Giants, division round against the Giants, and then the uh, NFC Championship game against the Niners, which we might be conflating this data with just... Jalen Hurts is less accurate against the Giants, and that's been 60% of those games that he's played. But it has been over the end of the season, and then certainly after the shoulder injury to the against the Bears, a less accurate Jalen Hurts than we saw in the first half of the season. And I still think it's a generally accurate Jalen Hurts, but that absolutely does matter because when you are up against the Chiefs and up against the amount of points the Chiefs can score, it's like one one deep ball to A.J. Brown is, is a big difference here. And, and, and that didn't end up mattering too much against the Niners, but it sure could have with some of the throws he was missing. This to me is one of the hardest questions to answer going into this game is like how much noise is there in the way the Eagles ended their season. I have a piece coming out on the ringer uh, tomorrow and I was looking at how often the Eagles offense had a success rate that was like below league average this season with Jalen Hurts and it only happened four times in his 17 starts but three of the times were in his last four games. So it's like, well, are they, they, you know, is it the injury like Mina said? Are they not peaking at the right time? But then you look at it, it's like, well, he injured his shoulder against the Bears. Uh, They're playing the best defense in the NFL against the 49ers. And then they had a preseason game plan in week 18 against the Giants. So it could be something. It could be nothing. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, this really could come down to whether he hits one one or two of those deep passes uh, down the sideline, specifically uh, against those Chiefs rookie corners. Cornerback. So I think that is absolutely something uh, at the top of the list. All right, let's flip to the other side. The Chiefs, when the Chiefs have the ball, same question, Mina. What is most interesting to you other than Patrick Mahomes just being uh, ridiculous in pretty much every aspect against every split? Or maybe that is what it is. I, yeah, well, I, I kind of <laughs> expect that, right? Um, for me, it's, it's, it's actually I'm very interested in the Chiefs from a play calling perspective. Um, not just because Andy Reid always has diabolical new things dialed up for big moments, uh, but also because I think, you know, and you guys I'm sure have spent a lot of time 
looking at the matchups in this game. Uh, the only area where I think, I mean, other than Mahomes being Mahomes, this Eagles defense is very good. The only area where I think the Chiefs have a matchup advantage is running the football. Uh, and then, and this is why I was posting all of those screens, um, right. you know, that short yard, the throwing to the backs, I think the RPO game, they have a matchup advantage there. So what I'll be curious to see is how patient Andy Reid and Patrick are early on on offense, because I think, you know, if they get too hungry for the big plays, that could come back to bite them because of how good this Eagles pass defense is. I mean, I want to take you back to the 2021 Chiefs offense where they still had Tyreek Hill and they were they were just starting to get that experience where it's like, okay, nobody is ever going to blitz us ever. We're just never going to see a blitz. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always going to be drop seven. There's going to be some drop eight too. And they're going to put a ton of guys into coverage. And we have to find a way to, to deal with this, right? We have to find a way for, for Mahomes, who's always been pushing the ball downfield and been so good passing deep, to deal with the fact that there's just so many bodies in coverage that that's not going to be as accessible to him anymore. And they move on from Tyreek Hill, right? They kind of go wide receiver by committee when everybody else is going star receivers. They kind of zag where everybody's zigging. And when Eagles fans look at this this Chiefs offense, they go, well, man, last time we played him, Chiefs scored 42 points, but Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 186 yards, and three touchdowns. He's not there anymore. So it's not the same offense, and the Eagles are going to be okay. Evolution of Chiefs offense, what have you seen this year with the, the post-Tyreek Hill era, how they've changed? And do you think that there's validity there, where it's like, all right, they don't have Tyreek Hill, and yeah, I mean, Mahomes' numbers were great, but they're not that dangerous. They can't do a, another 42-point game against this Eagles defense. How much has that change kind of impacted how they match up, particularly against Gannon? Well, they rank first in just about <laughs> every meaningful statistical category this year. So I yep. would argue they are dangerous. Um, they're different though, right? I mean, Mahomes' average death to target is way down. He's been very efficient throwing the ball. He's been patient. I, I talked about this a little bit after the AFC Championship game on NFL Live, but he's I think he's matured so much as a quarterback mm -hmm. this season. Uh, and so this kind of cuts to what I was saying is, is will they be patient? They've been patient all season. They haven't tried to force it. Um, and, you know, I do, I, I obviously with the situation of wide receiver, which is definitely something to monitor, especially, I, I mean, the, I would say Juju could be a very interesting presence or absence in this game, again, because of the chiefs specific weaknesses I, as I perceive them. But um you know, I, he is pretty indiscriminate about finding targets wherever they're available. So when you look at this Chiefs, this Eagles defense, and you see they're so good over the deep middle of the field, uh, and you see how excellent these cornerbacks have been playing all season long, I don't think Mahomes will have any compunction about targeting the linebackers in coverage, which is what I would do if I was him. Oh, we have a compunction drop on the pod. See, this is why we bring Mina on, is for the compunction drop. Yeah, you, you, you would have to explain. Uh, you, you have a better vocabulary than me, Ben, so you would have to explain to me uh, what, what exactly that means, what she's talking I'm about. I'm sure I used it right. <laughs> I liked it. It second. felt good. My, my daughter tries to use some uh, like bigger words, and I, I'm like, no, the rule of journalism is when there's, a, when there's a word everyone can understand, use that word instead of the big words, and she, does, she doesn't like that, so she would have appreciated compunction. I was looking up some numbers with this Chiefs offense in terms of their explosive plays. They've actually produced more explosive plays this year than they did in either, either the last two years, if you're just looking completions, mm. uh, 20 plus yards 
or more. And I was like, wait, how are they doing that? Because I, I was, like Mina said, like his depth of target is lower. He's not throwing downfield. They don't have Tyreek Hill. This Chiefs offense has more yards after the catch than any yeah. offense in the NFL in the last 20 years. Like I was, like, I was like, wait, I'm looking up 49. Like I'm yeah. looking, it, it, it's, it's incredible. And it goes to what you both were saying. It's like, he knows where to go. Like he's not throwing into tight windows. He's finding space. He's buying time, whether it's within the structure of the play, whether he's buying, buying time, like I said, and uh, improvising with Kelsey or whoever else. So it's, uh, it's so hard to come up with the solution of do X, Y, and Z. And that's how you're going to stop Patrick Mahomes other than, you know, the Super Bowl a couple of years ago where just like have your pass rush dominate and that's plan a and there really is no plan b here for uh for getting to Mahomes. i'm so, we'll so emotionally not ready to lose to 70 receiving yards from jarek mckinnon like i can't tell you how <laughs> emotionally unprepared i am for that that's oh happening my god yeah, yeah. they were no yeah doubt. we're gonna hear that a lot right because whenever you pull you know the eagles defense versus the wide receivers eagles defense tight ends da, da, da. everything mm-hmm. is so good until you get to passes to running backs and yeah. then it drops it's into all the, the behind the line into of the bottom stuff. of the nfl yeah it's the ability to get rid of the ball Dude, quickly I... new tries the pass rush yeah. and then they're small in the back so you gotta you you try to break tackles isaiah pacheco man like that's what he did to win that game <laughs> against the Bengals. it's i'm not ready for this i don't like this well, <laughs> well while we're talking about can i ask you guys a question maybe this is one of your questions that i don't know but um I'm very curious to hear, you know, I did also allude to running the ball, um, which is that I think is always a reasonable question, whether Andy Reid will actually do it or not. Hmm. So the Eagles run defense, the much maligned run defense did improve as the season went on, but you know, there's, it's still obviously not a strength of the team. I was very interested in the playoffs by um, especially in the Niners game by just how they really stuck to those five man yes. fronts and they were playing the run pretty aggressively. Ben, you and I were texting a little bit about the chiefs run game, which is, you know, primarily a zone run game, but I do wonder, does it scare you the prospect of them running more gap stuff, more man blocking with uh, Isaiah Pacheco as their back? Sheila, you want it? You want me? <laughs> well, I think I'm going to disagree with you. So you go first and, uh, and answer Ooh. it, and then I'll give my, my She'll always disagrees with me, and it's because he's better at arguing <laughs> than I am. So he just waits till I talk and then makes better points afterward. Uh, I'm not worried about them beating us in the running game in the sense that if they hand the ball off, Mahomes isn't passing it. So overall, I feel like a good thing has happened, and I will, I will take that. With that said, if they're in a position where they're, they, the Chiefs have a lead and, and they're potentially salting the game away, the teams that beat the Eagles in the running game do so formationally, right? Uh, You you brought up the fact that the Eagles were in five-man fronts so much against the Niners, and that's because when the Niners go under center, the Niners put two tight ends on the field, the Niners put a fullback on the field, they put receivers in condensed sets, they put the formations on the field with which the Eagles typically respond, five-man fronts, right? The Chiefs are a spread team. The Chiefs are, are, are they've been a two tight end team. They're 12 personnel, 13 personnel stuff is actually pretty cool. But they can spread spread everybody out, right? They go into the gun. And when the Eagles get that on early downs, to get those formations, they go to their four down front. And against that four down front, if the Chiefs are able to run the ball from the gun between the tackles in their typical zone running game, then the Eagles are getting boat raced. They're getting walked out of the stadium, right? That That's mm. DEFCON 1. And, and they haven't been great at, stopping the run from those four down fronts but i think they'll have enough penetration though they you know they've got a talented enough defensive front that they'll be okay so. it's when they get into positions where the chiefs put a couple tight ends on the field 
they're not going to want to go to five down fronts. They're not going to want to have those fronts on the field the way they yeah. did against the Niners because they, they, they're they bad in, in pass defense. They're worse in pass defense, I should say, out of those looks. And if they try to stay four down against the extra tight end, against Juju tight to the line of scrimmage, tight to the center, helping in the blocking game, that's where, like I said, formationally, you look at like uh, big DeAndre Swift run against the Lions, big uh, Saquon Barkley run against the Giants. There's just from... Uh, personnel where the Eagles are trying to go four down and, and they're not living. They're, they're not able to, 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 to stand up against that. So it's a lot of the formation give and take that like defines how this running game is going to work. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. So for 14 years, whenever, this is a funny question, <laughs> because for 14 years, whenever the Eagles lost a game, it was Andy run the damn ball. I mean, in the crowd, yeah. on TV, in the radio, whatever. If I were the Eagles, I would assign, you know, I would have a defensive coach or quality control, whoever is not that busy. Maybe it's somebody else on staff. Every time Patrick Mahomes takes the football and hands the football to someone else, start pumping your fists, start clapping your hands. We will take that all day. If Andy Reid beats the Eagles in a Super Bowl oh by gosh. gashing them on the ground, <laughs> you just say, all right, whatever, we'll run it back next year. But honestly, that's how I look at it. Like, I, don't, I would not want to see five-man fronts uh, if I'm the Eagles. If, they are, if you're going to line up uh, with your four-man fronts and they're going to try to run the ball, okay, cool, yep, you want to go six, seven, yards that's fine Patrick Mahomes isn't passing it obviously that's to a point I mean if you're in the third quarter and they have like you know 210 yards rushing then you can adjust or whatever but that's really how I look at it I mean you mentioned those multiple tight end sets when they're in 13 person their 13 personnel has been the best awesome. league-wide personnel grouping in mm -hmm. terms of EPA per play but what do they want you to do like if you're going to put your big boys out there and then mm -hmm. it's easier for Patrick Mahomes to pass the ball so uh, I know there's like 
a balance to that. Obviously, you're not just going to be uh, in nickel, probably not the entire game. Maybe yeah, it would have been great if they had, you know, more played, big nickel or an extra yeah, safety or something. But one snap in 4-3 this year. It'd be an awesome personnel grouping to have. But guess what they have not done and never done and will never do is play actual base. Yeah. They won't put N'Kobe Dean on the field. Yeah. No, I, uh, we, we get a question, uh, Mina, every week about can, are, is N'Kobe Dean going to play uh, this week? <laughs> yeah. is this the, and we're like, no, yeah, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it's happening. It's well, pretty look, late I mean, in the season here. My podcast, Dominique Foxworth, has been on this all season about how if you're going to be bad on something, be bad at run defense, to your guys' point. Yeah. It is, it is the thing, you know, from a, a thinking man's football <laughs> perspective that you would choose. Um, so, yeah, but I'll just be interested to see how much Andy goes yeah. to it. I do think you can get some explosives, especially with those, those cheese linemen pulling, but we'll see. Yeah. It'll be uh if, sure. if, if the, uh, if Andy Reed beats the Eagles running the football in the Super Bowl by Tuesday, <laughs> there will be a WIP caller claiming Andy would have run won four Super Bowls in Philly. If he just ran the ball like that by Tuesday, mm-hmm. they'll be making the claim. <laughs> That will be objectively funny. Yes, if that, I mean, be good if content. They run, yeah, if they run for 200 and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. All right, let's break up the football talk uh, with a little nonsense here. Mina, you're, uh, we've had some thermostat talk on this pod. I don't know. Ben's been very vocal about it on social media, so I don't know if you've seen his tweets um, over the months or not. What is, now I know you live in L.A. now, but you've lived mm. in various climates. In the winter, what do you set the thermostat at and also you know we're doing a little traveling this week when you get to a uh, hotel room in a new locale what do you set the thermostat at if it's something different okay so i actually have a pretty wild well not wild but a very specific approach to this okay Okay. which is i'm like a lizard i think i I don't know i have to look up how lizards approach temperature in that I love being hot during the day and then extremely cold at night. So I have two answers, which is a day and a night answer. During the day, I would say I keep my house at 68 degrees. Okay. I guess that's not that hot, but yeah. it's warm. During the Perfectly night, reasonable. I, I, okay, 68. During the night, I let that fall to 60, 62, whatever. All right. Now, what if I told you that your night temperature is the temperature I keep my house at during the day? That. That's disgusting. That's so horrifying. <laughs> I just don't understand that. Where it, uh, I, yeah, I, I think Mina's answer is spot on. Yeah, everybody like you like to be cold at night. You want to bundle up. You Love want the you want the night. comforter. You know, you want the sheets uh, doing work there. So I think that's a perfectly reasonable answer. I'm absolutely a 68 man, both at home. When I get to the uh, hotel, I mean, I got my checklist. You close the blinds. You put it to 68. I like some noise. You turn the TV on for some background noise. Uh, you hang up the shirts so they don't get wrinkled. And then, you know, you got to check out the bathroom, see what you're going to be working with for the week. So that's the checklist. But 68 on the thermostat is part of that checklist. I uh, Silence. I don't shock. get to put don't the know thermostat. What I'm talking about. And I don't get to put the thermostat in a hotel <laughs> as low as I like to because I can't pack like three different hoodies and two different pairs of sweatpants. I can't be cozy. You know, I got to play it. Like, I don't have that stuff in the suitcase. So I'm just here at like, you know, the good old 65, 67, just hanging out in regular clothes. It's very disappointing. 60 degrees, 60 degrees during the day is, I mean, only, only person I've ever heard of to do, uh, to do such nonsense. Okay. Let's get back. Football question. Mina, an under the radar player you think we could be talking about after this game, maybe it's someone we've already mentioned could be on either team. Who do you got? 
Hmm. Well, I probably should have picked a chief since your listeners are so much more attuned. Like every player is above is on the, your fans radar, I guess. Right. Um, I'll go with, can I pick two Eagles? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. No rules. I think, um, on offense, I just think Kenneth Gainwell has looked so good. Hell yeah. And catching the Mm -hmm. ball. He looks slippery. He's breaking tackles. I think he's running with great vision right now. Um, so that's a guy I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not like a huge betting person, but I, I would not be shocked if he scores a touchdown in this game and has some has an explosive run or two. That's number one. So that's yeah. my that's my one. And then my number two is this is more just kind of of importance. Uh, Chauncey Gardner, CJ Gardner Johnson is I think very important. To Ooh, stopping this Chiefs defense. Uh, um, well, you know, the the old Travis Kelsey of it all. Yeah. Um, I think along the lines of some of the things we talked about, the, the, I think the, the Eagles might do, or trying the Chiefs might do offensively, especially the part of the middle, the part of the field that he patrols will be important. Um, I think this defense looks totally different with him in there. Uh, and yeah, I, I would say he's a guy that, um, you know, if I had to pick someone, maybe have, I don't know, an interception, you know, as traffic tip pick, he would be my That's guy. That's how he's gotten all of his picks this year. It's been by the traffic tip pick. He's been mm-hmm. a magnet this year. Yeah. yeah, Kenny Gainwell is such a good one because somebody in December told Kenny Gainwell that Miles Sanders is a free agent this year. And he was like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, no, like he's a free agent. Like this, <laughs> you're under contract. He's not. And since then, Kenny's been unbelievable we were very not necessarily we i was very anti the random kenny gainwell third down target to start much of the season but he's really really turned it on and the point with the uh the touchdown is really important because in the eagles optimal game flow for the super bowl they are running the ball a lot and they are doing it with multiple backs right because when they when they put gainwell out there they have the ability to go no huddle and the ability to spread it out and put him in the slot and then they can go and they can hand him the football off and he's being trustworthy between the tackles like they absolutely in their optimal flow are running the football a ton and if they're doing that then they need their change of pace back to carry 10 plus and so gainwell being good down the stretch has been a, such a such a such a nice little boon for this team entering february i i i love kenny in this game I am unreasonably confident that Kenny Gainwell is going to have like a great game. Like you like like his numbers and you're like, nah, yeah, he's okay. But uh, I I am with the both of you. I mean, that, that was the name I had written down. I mean, if you look at their third down snaps over the course of the season, I think he's like three times as many as Miles Sanders. He's been the guy. And to Ben's point, like he's just looked like a different guy the last month of the season. I mean, that play he had against the Niners where he makes the linebacker miss and then runs through a tackle and it's a 17 yard gain. Like, I think Gainwell uh, is absolutely going to be heard from in this game. I like that one. If I were choosing a chief, I think I go with the back two to Mina's point earlier. Like Jarek McKinnon, I don't know if he's under, does he count as under the radar? I don't know. Like he's a big part. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. He's a big part of their offense uh, <laughs> also. But yeah, I think both the backs are going to be used uh, a mm-hmm. lot in the passing game and um, uh, are going to be heard from on Sunday night. All right. Next one, Mina. Jonathan Gannon calls you up. He says, Mina, Mm. uh, love the podcast, love the show, love everything you do. Sorry I couldn't make that live Seattle pod like seven years ago. (laughs) I wanted to get to it. I heard Sheil was great in that one with, uh, with, with, with Barnwell. But I had a question for you. This Mahomes guy, like you've talked about it on TV, on your pod, even earlier in this podcast. 
I know I'm not going to shut him down completely, completely, but what are like the one or two things I should at least try to keep him in check? What should my approach be? What are you telling uh, Johnny Gans as we call him on this podcast? Uh, <laughs> Johnny Gans. So, um, you guys might disagree with this. I don't know. That's why I'm glad to be on this podcast because you know a lot more about this team than me and I'm sure have strong opinions. I would play a healthy dose of man coverage in this game, mm. which by the way is something Johnny Gans has been doing. Uh, um, not just like in the playoffs, but really in the second half of the season, the Eagles, I think people would be kind of surprised if they step, step back and looked at how much, not mm -hmm. you and your listeners, but how much man coverage, especially like on early downs. But Here's the thing. I think that it, this is all about Travis Kelsey, right? Like you just got to limit Kelsey. Make someone else beat you. We'll see what the status is of these other Chiefs wide receivers. And I, I firmly believe that we have seen the best way to play Travis Kelsey is man coverage. With help, of course, you know. One double, but yeah, I don't. I if I think playing excessive zone against Travis Kelsey is a death wish, personally. Yeah, so when you go back and you look at how the Eagles played Kelsey in the 2021 game, it's something we talked about, Shield, in terms of like the double teaming, where like they'll have, they'll be in different calls relative to where he lines up outside of the huddle. So you're not just like in that one double world. You're in like, oh, if he's isolated, then we can like you know play him with like a you know like a cloud safety and play a corner underneath. And if he's you know, actually at tight end, then we can like bracket him with underneath zone guys. And I think that's, and like uh, otherwise, and the other receivers in that 2021 game, they would have to then play man coverage because that extra body that they're contributing to Kelsey. And that's why Travis, uh, Tyreek Hill goes 11 catches, 186 yards and three touchdowns. But now you don't have to worry about that, right? And so I think that that logic all tracks and is, and is sound and is good and is going to work. What worries me is when you're in man and Mahomes gets out of the pocket. And yeah, I know that's yeah. just thinking about how many times have we seen defenses turn their yeah. back to Matt Mahomes and then he unleashes right. the most infuriating 12 yard run of his life and, and, and 12 yard run, but also the, the scramble drill becomes so much stronger when you're in man coverage because the eyes are away from the quarterback and, and the, the receivers can break to space. Like when you go and you look at the defenses that have had success against Mahomes, I feel like so many of them play with. Like it's so, it's so it's such cheating. But if you watch the Bengals and they're playing with man coverage on Travis Kelsey, they put Trey Flowers on him and then zone everywhere else. And they put they put the eyes on him, right? And they make sure they play with zone eyes, make sure they see where he's looking, try to relate to his receivers, try to move with him when he scrambles, and they try to get eyes in the pocket. It's just yeah, in order to do that, you have to drop eight, right? If you're gonna play with like seven and a bonus mm -hmm. against against Kelsey, you have to drop eight. I don't know if the Eagles have that pitch. So like, I disagree with you that you should play man coverage, but I also don't think zone solves the problem for you because then you're not able to get the doubles on Kelsey that you need. This is the, this is the issue, right? This is the, there's yeah. the, the reason why Jonathan Gannon's calling you up is because there's no easy answer and he needs help. Yeah. He's for, I mean, just looking at the split, it's, it's all right. He's first in EPA per play gets man coverage. Okay. You should play zone. No, he's first in EPA per play against <laughs> yeah. zone coverage. So Sucks. what are you going to do? So it, it, yeah, it really is a, don't just do one thing, try different things. I do like, you know, thinking about Chauncey Gardner Johnson on like a third down against Travis Kelsey, like that might be a, not a bad option. You know, if you're, maybe you play uh, one robber or something where you got it, you know, you got someone in the middle of the field, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's playing with the 
the right leverage and you say, let's not let Travis Kelsey convert every single third down in this game. Cause you absolutely like your chances with your corners against their wide receivers on the outside. So uh, it's a tough one. We'll see how aggressive he will end up being. We'll see what the game plan looks like. But uh, I, I think if you're identifying like, there is no great Kelsey matchup, but it's like, all right, Gardner Johnson could be a guy who could certainly help you there on like a handful of snaps where you mix him in and take your chances there. All right. So that's a, that's a good I, one. All right. Go ahead. I think for me, a lot of the reason I sort of have this preference to see a little bit more, mm-hmm. to see more man. And like I said, the Eagles have been playing a fair amount of man is the limitations of the other pass catchers. We'll yeah. see, mm-hmm. you know, who plays in this. But no Hardman, who's like already been declared out, which is very confusing, but whatever. Um, I just think Kelsey's splits for his man coverage are much worse. Now, again, yeah. Patrick Mahomes has been very good against it. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting too much weight on Travis Kelsey, but I just think this that's job one, two, three, and four yeah. is stopping. The Kelsey. other thing about the Kelsey man coverage, which is critical, is it's not just man, it's press. And even if you play off, and they and oh. you play you play catch man, you you got to be physical on him. You have to I- impede him. <laughs> and man oh man, do the Eagles love to not be on the line of scrimmage? And like that's the well, thing that'll drive and, you nuts if they do it that way. And then the Chiefs love nothing more than infuriatingly putting him in bunches and moving him around yep. so you can't get hands on him. I and mean, we did um, a tape on live on Friday on Kelsey crosses, which by the way, a Kelsey crosser, okay. How much do you think crossing routes, Kelsey, yards per attempt? If you And there's been quite a few this season. Kelsey, yards per attempt? I feel like it's been less than in seasons previous. Like I feel like he hasn't been as good on the crossings of like 10 to 15, but maybe I'm totally wrong. Um, so Three three yards per about, route? Wait, yards per Shall route run? Guess? <laughs> wait, was it yards per route run or yards per... Crossing uh, routes, Travis Kelsey, this season. Yards per route run. Yards per, yards per attempt, not yards per, per attempt. Oh, yards, okay. Yeah, so yards yeah. per attempt, oh, yards I would per say attempt. nine. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 like 11. <laughs> so almost 90% of them have gone for first downs, and it's 17.25. Good night. It's you a bucket, have to and it doesn't him. matter if it doesn't matter if it's man or zone. We are, I, I got, um, the Chargers played man, and because he, he's so good, you try to impede him, but his superpower is his ability to navigate traffic mm-hmm. and find. So I think Kelsey has like a spidey sense for spatial awareness, yeah. and that's like yes. his greatest asset as a tight end. It's why he's so crazy against zone, but he's so hard to stop on those concepts. Yeah, and that's why like Shiel and I were wow. talking about this 17. a little bit. She and I were talking about this a little bit on on Sick. extra point taken, but there's the idea of like, all right, if you can just cover these Chiefs receivers for long enough that the pass rush can get home, then you can beat Mahomes by speeding him up and by getting to him and by hassling him and by getting him down critically when you pressure him. But that's the sort of like game plan and mindset where if you're thinking about it that way, then you're telling Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, be aggressive on Kelsey, get underneath the crossing route, hit him at the line of scrimmage. And it's like, okay, like that'll work a couple times. But then when it doesn't work and he like jumps too aggressively at the crossing route and it's a whip route, he tries to, you know, overshoot the crossing route. It's a stop route. Like it's ball game. That's where like, like, you know, the, the, the aggressiveness against Kelsey can bite you is because then they can just throw change ups and your, your corners are playing too aggressive. Your coverage guys are, are too oriented on, on forcing Mahomes to hold it, keeping him in the pocket, trying to make sure the pass rush can get there. And then they're killing you throwing intermediate fast, which is just like, it's death. It's just, you have no chance if they're able to 
throw the ball fast and down the field. Yeah, there really is just like a fine green grass element to his game where it's like, all right, this is what the play call is. Um, this is what the route's supposed to be. But all right, the defender's playing me like this. I know where the, my leverage is. I know where the opening is. And they've played together. So, I mean, I think he's run, I looked it up, like three over 3,000 routes with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback in games, not even counting practice. Like those reps matter a lot where, you know, there'll be the occasional time where you go, all right, they're not on the same page, but most of the time there's some type of second reaction thing that he does uh, where he finds an opening, Patrick Mahomes finds him and they go from there. So mm. the, the other thing with the, with the man covers that I thought was, I mean, the Mahomes ankle, like we're just, we don't know, you know, like if it may be, maybe yeah. like, all right, yeah, you want to go ahead and like, are you going to save that scramble for the fourth quarter? Or if we play man coverage on third down in the first quarter, are you running that? That's kind of un, an unknown, right? Like we, we don't know how much he's going to be able to scramble totally. uh, in this game. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a, that's a, a great point. Like we just were like, ah, two weeks, rub some dirt on it. High ankle sprain. <laughs> He's still yeah. not hundred percent. I'm talking about my emotional preparedness for Jerick McKinnon. Emotionally, I'm preparing for Mahomes to be 120%. I will not even entertain the thought of Mahomes being at less than hundred percent. I don't want to tempt myself with that. Mm. This I, I, look, I feel like this has sounded way. I feel like most, a lot of my answers have been very scary about the chiefs. I think this Eagles pass rush is incredible. And like, feel like we haven't acknowledged that at all. And like, you know, we talk about coverage, we talk about weaknesses and whatever, but Mahomes is going to be under siege. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I think that's the, like, if you're an Eagles fan, the scenario is the bucks, you know, very much like that Buck Super Bowl where your pass rush is just too much for them. Now, as Ben and I have talked about, they like changed everything they do because of that Buck yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. So they do have a change up right. and their offensive line is very good. It's it's much different than that year. But at the same time, you had a historic pass rush. So like if you're going to win this game, if you're going to slow him down, I do think that that's probably uh, going to be your best chance. This is something I was thinking about with Mahomes as I, I'm just like flip flopping on my pick for this game every day. I can't decide. <laughs> who I'm going to pick. And this has nothing. Same. This is not analytical. This is not X's and O's. But I had this thought that like, is Mahomes really going to go through this, like one of the best five-year stretches we've ever seen from a quarterback and come out of that with only one Super Bowl? I, it is a very stupid right. way to look at it. But that thought has entered my head. Uh, what do you think, Mina? Is that... <laughs> it, I was going to say, it's the same thing I've said to you, Shield, where it's like, okay, yeah, the, the Eagles beat the... Chiefs the same way the Bucks beat the Chiefs like pass rush and and hassle him and, and make sure he can't execute the offense do we really think Mahomes gonna lose two Super Bowls the same way like that's the thing to <laughs> me that that like I can't get out of my head is like yeah use the same game plan as the one Mahomes lost his last Super Bowl on the one he's thought about for three years I don't know if that happens that's where I can't get get it get it across yeah you guys sound nervous yes <laughs> <laughs> well and then of course the whole like which quarterbacks have the eagles faced and then oh hey, here comes the, the greatest quarterback of our lifetime yeah. potentially Ooh, it's gonna be a different little different yeah. challenge no doubt about um, it. Oh. yeah uh i have another travel question here for both okay of you. <laughs> great pivot that's a, that's how you go from shield from loves yeah. interspersing scary yeah. All right. speaking of scary uh, listen, what, how many nights do you have to stay in a hotel where it gets to the point where you're actually putting your clothes in like the, the, the drawers, the dressers in the hotel room. And the answer could be like, there is no number. I have a number in mind. Uh, I want to see how often you guys do that. 
Um, so I, you know, I mean, it's like, stuff. why did I come? Why no, did no, no, I no, 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 no. This is a good question. It's a good question. I definitely hang stuff up for, you know, wrinkling reasons, right? Like yeah, things mm-hmm. that need to be hung, but I usually don't take everything else out, uh, like pants and stuff like jeans or whatever, unless I'm in a hotel room for at least a week. Then I feel like it's maybe even like six days. Then I feel like it's too depressing mm-hmm. to just constantly be taking stuff in and out of a suitcase. Uh, yeah. Ben, you're already in a hotel. Have you have you uh, unpacked? And is it is it all yeah. in the dresser? Are you all set up for the week? Yeah, shirts are hung up. And then I'll probably, I might take stuff out and put it in the drawers. I might not. Like, I just got, like, time to burn tonight. I'm not really doing anything. But for me, like, never. The answer is <laughs> I don't think I've ever done it. I don't even know they had drawers in hotel rooms. The problem was I was a... <laughs> I was a camp counselor for three summers. And when you're a camp counselor at a sleepaway camp, you just live out of a suitcase for months, right? For weeks and weeks and weeks on end. So I, you, you will not meet somebody better at organizing a suitcase such that they can find the thing that they need to find in it than me. I got it down to a science. So I don't need to. I've developed this skill such that, again, I, I, when I discovered there were chests of drawers in hotel rooms when I was like 23, blew my mind. I love how it was a time thing for you. Like it's going to take two hours. You have time tonight to put like five things in a drawer. <laughs> there. Uh, I have, a, I'm a five night minimum guy. I think if you're there for five nights, mm-hmm. go ahead, put it in there. I mean, you can talk me into four, three or less. No way. The nothing in the drawer. You're going to forget something. Uh, there's no reason to even do that. But when Mina mentioned jeans, now Ben has a very controversial jeans take too. Also, he just <laughs> thinks uh, jeans are bad. <laughs> And doesn't believe in jeans, but what? I, yeah, yeah. Ben, do you want to explain, so explain weird. your what jeans? Do you, I don't, I don't own any jeans. I don't. Oh my God. You're so like what my, did you my pack dad. for this trip? I, oh. chinos. I got chinos. Chinos are like if, if jeans were more comfortable and you could up, wear them up to more formal things. They're optimal. This is the best article of clothing okay. ever made. All right. I got takes on this. Okay. I was just about to say, you're like my dad who bought his first pair of jeans. <laughs> Since he was in, he, he he didn't wear jeans from ages like 18 through 50 because he was in the military and then we right. took him to the gap. Um, <laughs> Blew his mind. <laughs> I think now that is an acceptable stance for an adult man because so many companies make very like slim fitting, like very right. like casual pants, like chinos, like like there's so many new fabrics nice now. Joggers, Men's yeah. pant technology, joggers. However, yeah. the fact that you didn't wear jeans like 10 years ago is deranged because those yeah. pants did not exist then. I don't think, like, what ah. did you wear to school? Well, I had a school uniform when I was, I was 15. I was in high school at the time. Oh. And so I, explain, yeah, explain I, had to wear, I had to wear khakis. <laughs> yeah. So I had a school uniform. No jeans were allowed. Yeah. Um, but no, even when I was a kid, like I was like my, my, my folks were on this podcast, which is why we don't let my folks on podcasts, but they would recall like a screaming, wailing toddler who hated the way the jeans felt. And I just, I just made my hard stance when I was three, and I have maintained that stance now into the into the two thousands. But right, Sheila, were you? Let's make Ben feel young. Sheila, were you alive during the Jankos era? Not alive. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. J- J- <laughs> and you know what? You, I think those are coming back a little bit. Yeah. I'm googling Jankos right now. Okay, your your mind is about to be blown. Is this for the K? See these. J-N-C-O-S. No, J-N-C-O. J-N-C-O, yeah. Okay. Janko. This was extremely popular when I was Bro, a kid. Oh, yes. That's the and... very wide jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the carpenter jean, I mean, right? The, yeah, uh, like you had the little yeah. loop on the uh, I had right some side. Of those, yeah. Those were popular. Yeah. Now, now those here's are my back. Issue. Cargos are back. 
Oh, really? Like oh. amongst like, you know, cool young people. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I will not be walking around um, Phoenix in in, uh, in cargo <laughs> jeans. I don't think I could personally pull them off. But Ben, here's the issue with the Chino, and I, I might be off base here. I need me to take, but the jean, I can wear, I can get multiple wears out of the jean on a trip like this. Like, I don't need to wash my jeans after everywhere. Mina, is that uh, disgusting or do you agree with that? I mean, my husband <laughs> did the thing forever where he had like those fancy jeans from Japan that you can only wash in the ocean. So I, I that put is, up with that some amazing. dirty... What? <laughs> so it's like a... Like very, there was an era of very expensive high-end men's jeans, like APC, where they were only, you could, you were supposed to only wash them in salt water or like freeze them. I don't know. But the point is there was some dirty jeans around our place for a while. Okay. So, so Ben, I'm you had to, pa- so, but Ben, you had to pack a different Chino for every day, you're saying? Um, I mean, I packed like, I own like seven Chinos. And I think I just threw them all in the box. Okay. Uh but I can okay. I can rewear a chino just like the back of it'll be creased a little bit, but like that's okay as long as you don't sit down too much. Like you're all right. I also don't care, which is a big issue as well. Like every single chino that I own is from Target. They're all the exact same cut and size, and that way I don't have to think about pants ever because I just go to Target anytime like the blue one gets a stain on it, I just buy another blue one. So I'm not again a good model for us to be like investigating here in terms of male fashion and pants organization. I would like you to tell your wife tomorrow that you need to find a nearby lake because that's the only place you can wash your wash your target yeah, chinos. Head to salt to water. She says. <laughs> All right. I will. All right, Mina. Last last question. We will finish with a football question. Although I'll be honest, uh, I could have had that pants conversation for much longer, and I'll make <laughs> notes for next time you're on. All right. More likely, we've talked about one of these players, not both of these players. Mm. Travis Kelsey has a hundred plus receiving yards, or a guy we haven't even brought up yet who could be in store for a big game. A.J. Brown, I guess we did bring him up early. Mm. A.J. Brown has 100-plus receiving yards. Which one of those two is more likely? You know, I think Kelsey's probably a safer bet just because of target share. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're coming off of an AFC championship where we were like, Travis Kelsey didn't do anything. And I just checked, he got 78 yards. And I was like, you know, Travis Kelsey didn't do much game. Um, I think that you know it's it certainly AJ Brown is more likely to have a much longer completion and uh you know I wouldn't be I think I looked up the Chiefs numbers versus one wide number one wide receivers and they were pretty bad but however the the Chiefs stats are kind of wonky all over the place because of how much the defense evolved over the course of the season yeah 31st in DBOA versus number one wide receivers Mm -hmm. yeah but again that's the the Chiefs defense really improved as the season went on so you kind of have to split some of their stats so I, I, if Jalen's having a good day throwing, to go back to the beginning, I do think A.J. Brown will uh, go off, but uh, Travis Kelsey's a safer bet. Yeah, you saw... Benjamin, who you got? Right. I, I also think it's Kelsey because if Kelsey doesn't have a 100-yard game, I'll be surprised. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, like, this is the Super Bowl. You go to your guys, and the Chiefs' entire passing offense guy is... Travis Kelsey so I'd be surprised if he doesn't have 100 AJ it's like okay well the Eagles can press the Devontae Smith button if that's what they're getting from the defense they can press the Dallas Goddard button if that's what they're getting from the defense the one thing about this offense that's been so impressive since week one is how they're very fluid they're very they're very adjustable what do you not like today that's what we're doing so they don't have to funnel AJ the way that the Chiefs do uh with that said 
we saw in like the Bengals game, we saw in the Raiders game that the Chiefs played in the regular season, you can get your star receiver looks. And then when the Chiefs go to double him, you can get him looks again, right? I mean, like fourth and six, the Chiefs go to double Jamar Chase. And what happens? 40-yard catch to Jamar Chase. And that's because you got young players and the Chiefs, you know, you can, you can manipulate these guys' rules and coverage. So if the Eagles want to make AJ a thing, they can. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't have to the way that the Chiefs pretty much have to make Kelsey a thing. I think on the Eagles' first possession, they're taking a shot deep to A.J. Brown. I think on the Chiefs' first possession, Andy's calling a running back screen. Those are the two things I'm confident <laughs> in. In the first quarter of the game, Andy's going to be like, we're slowing down that pass rush. Like, like you said, Ben, he's going to be like, we're not losing another Super Bowl the way we lost it two years ago. That is going to be priority number one. And I just feel like there's been sort of some weirdness with A.J. Brown down the stretch. He wasn't happy in that playoff game uh and i just feel like it it behooves them to get him involved early maybe it'll just be a slant but i feel like they maybe they'll do a little sluggo or something uh on the outside and try to get him involved early so we'll see one one weird note on the uh eagles defense they're number six in dvoa against uh tight ends this year which was higher than I was anticipating. <laughs> so uh, I, don't, I don't know what the reason uh, is, for, is for that. It doesn't seem like they've had specific game plans for a lot of these tight ends, but they've held up pretty well uh, relative. But, of course, Travis Kelsey is on another level. All right, Mina, how, how did your first Ringers Philly special pod go? <laughs> It was great. Uh, I feel like this is the one ringer podcast I've not been on. So what an what a, what a incredible yeah. Complete experience. The Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Thank you guys so much for all of your many, many appearances on the Mina Kime show. Lenny also extends his gratitude, though he's a little miffed he wasn't invited on this one. Mm. Okay, we'll have him ben, on in Radio Row. He one? can swing by yeah. our table and uh, okay. give us a few barks. <laughs> all right. When I don't know how to answer, I just give it to Ben and say, Ben, answer for the both of us. All right. Thank you to Mina Kimes. <laughs> Thank you to Benjamin Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. We will be back on Monday night after media night, and we will be doing daily pods from Glendale, Arizona. So we will talk to everybody soon on the Ringers Philly special. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.